0: Welcome to our podcast. Welcome back. And if this if this is the first podcast that you're tuning into, welcome.
1: So happy to have you here.
0: Yes, we are grateful. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) This is Things I Never Said in Therapy. I'm Jasmine. I'm Vanessa. And we're here to talk to you about Really deep things for some reason. Mm-hmm. We're just trauma bonding through this podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just trying to, I guess, read
0: our life. We just want to talk about things that we've been through. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you want to just hear somebody who has similar experiences and learn how we process those things. Or maybe you just want to hear people's drama. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, that's one of my favorite things to do. Oh, yeah. I love chisme. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes. If somebody has like any sort of like, oh, I heard a rumor. I'm like, keep talking. <laughs> Tell me more. What is this rumor that you speak of? And how can I hear about it? Today, we're going to continue our conversation about being present. So before we do, um, let's do our, our weekly check-in. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start?
1: Yeah, our highs and lows. Okay. <laughs> this week I ugh, oh, this week was so in not even interesting. It was just a week. But I had a few lows and some of them were my parents my parents hadn't been talking to each other for a few days, and then they suddenly started talking to each other, and everything was fine, and and then they had this really dumb argument about someone's license expiring, and nobody knew, and then there was a, a like police ticket that now it was too late to just go ahead and pay, and now you had to go to court, like it... it and it was, it was just ridiculous. And it was the dumbest thing for them to start yelling at each other about. And of course, this happened right before I'm supposed to go have lunch with my husband and my in-laws. And, and, and in, in hindsight, like again, it doesn't sound like a terrible argument, but it's, there's just so much tension all the time that it's, it's like, it's like a room full of gas. Any little spark, it's going to implode. And that's what it's going to feel like. So that was definitely what it felt like. And and this was only, this was in the middle of the week. I believe this was a Wednesday. And then I had other lows, like I have chronic migraines and I had one. I had a really terrible one. And it just, and it was a day where I had to go to two events in that same day. And it just made every moment that I had to be there unbearable mm-hmm. And, and then for some reason, this was a week that Mario and I like argued a lot about the stuff we argued before when we first moved in, like about picking things up and keeping the house clean. Don't waste water. And, and it, it, not that I think we're not ever going to fight about those things. It wasn't the fact that we were fighting about the same things. I think it was more of, we've been living together for a year and a half and I don't see I see like maybe 10% of improvement when I feel like I should be seeing at least over 50% at this point. So, and
0: just curious, but do you feel like those arguments that you and him have kind of coincide with the arguments that your parents are also having?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. Because I tell him, you now live here and you see like what my siblings and I have to deal with. How do you look at that? and and not go i don't want that to be us Mm -hmm. but it's like we argue about the same things as well not the same topics but the fact that we're in this continuous loop i'm like don't you see that future there it's like that future is unwanted Mm -hmm. and so I, i feel like maybe that like underlies comes in there but at the same time He might live there, but I don't think he would ever truly get it because it's not his family. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we're married now, but I mean, either way, it's not. Yeah, but it wasn't
0: the family that he grew up with. No.
1: And it's not the situation his parents are in at all. And I don't know. I don't think they ever will be. So even though he says, oh, I don't want that to be us, he's never truly going to grasp it because he doesn't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it does. It does sometimes like bleed into that but I can't keep having the same argument. I can't keep wasting my breath. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had a few lows and it was unfortunate because this was, I I had a really long break from work and that I was very grateful for. And that was a high that I was looking forward to because there were things that I wanted to do. And unfortunately everything else was just kind of getting, it was just
0: getting in the way of, your enjoyment. Yeah. Your being in the present. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And and a goal that I wanted to do was, like, write every day. And I didn't get to do that. I think I, I only wrote once. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another low. I'm really trying to think of a high. I think There's got to <laughs> be a high in there. You, your shoes. Yeah. Oh, okay. My high is that same day that my parents had that awful fight. I went to lunch and then my mother-in-law was like, oh, I got this email that Nordstrom Rack brought in new shoes because she, she is definitely a shoe shopper Mm -hmm. instead of clothes. And she said, why don't we just go look? And so the four of us went and again, I was feeling really low. I was in no mood to shop. And I really, I wasn't even looking at clothes. And you know how much I love clothes. Yes,
0: Especially discounted. You're constantly getting clothes mailed to you.
1: Yeah. So I was really not in any headspace. And then Mario and his mom kept telling me, try on shoes and this and that. I walked out with four pairs. And I will tell you, every shoe I got feels like I'm walking on clouds.
0: Amazing. Mm -hmm. Nothing better than comfort. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that I get that was definitely my high. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of lows, some highs, mm-hmm. and hopefully, going forward, we'll get you some more. Yeah, because you deserve them, lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, my check-in, my low since you started with lows was. I I'm not saying that I had like a perfect week because I very far from it. But I don't know why I'm having so trouble like a hard time finding. You just had such low. <laughs> like they don't need to compare to. Mine. I know, but still, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like listening to that. I'm like, what do I have to complain about? Um, Okay, I guess Milo was just trying coming to a decision about Gomez, our new cat. Mm-hmm. We recently adopted him because one of my old friends from college couldn't take care of him anymore because she thought he was depressed and a whole other slew of things. And when we got him, it turned out he had Giardia, which um, we were scared that the other cats were going to get infected with. So we had to just um, quarantine him from the rest of the cats. And so now he's finally healthy. Um, He's doing well, but he just doesn't get along with any of our cats and it's been three months now and it's not getting any better. Like they're fine together. If we, I feed them all at the same time and they'll eat together and they'll be fine when they're eating. And then all of a sudden Gomez will just start chasing the other cats or my older cat judo, who is like 10 years old now. He's like nine and a half. He's old. He's set in his ways. He's a Taurus. He's very stubborn. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and he just like likes to do the same things over and over again. Like he likes his space, and Gomez just doesn't grasp that. And he he's a cat. I I get that he can't. He's just also a lot younger than them. Mm-hmm. He's I think two years old and or almost two years old, and so he's like still kind of a kitty, still really playful, and he's not showing any signs of aggression. But he's kind of scary because he's a lot bigger than the rest of the cats. Um, like height wise and fluffiness wise. So he looks intimidating. My other cats have round eyes and he has like kind of slanted, like Mm -hmm. really, he has like creepy, ghouly eyes. Yeah. Like a little Halloween cat. So because of that, we are, we came to the decision that if he, if it doesn't get any better by September, then we're going to have to start looking for a new home for him. And that just makes me sad because I love him. He has such a good personality. Mm-hmm. Like one on one with humans, he's so good. If he, we just can't leave him alone in the house with the other cats, so we have to like still quarantine him. And we did the slow introduction. We still don't like, we don't let them see each other without supervision. Mm-hmm. But it's just. I don't think he's ever going to be able to not chase the other cats because he just wants to play. That's Mm -hmm. his personality. He goes up to them, rubs his body all over them. gets really playful. And he thinks he's playing his tails up and curled at the top. He's got his ears forward. He's not hissing. He just thinks that it's playtime and the other cats don't like it. So my cat Judo will smack the shit out of him and he means it. He means those slaps. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up. And Kitty is so scared of him that he'll just run away and hide and then he's hiding for the rest of the day. And I know it's stressing out the other cats and I don't know how much longer I want to keep them stressed because like I said, they're a lot older. Mm -hmm. So that was my low just coming to that decision. And even though it's what's best for the household of the cats, it's still really tough because i love him yeah it is tough and gomez is a really great he's a good cat he's a
1: great cat he just he's like a husky cat
0: yeah he really is super talkative yeah super playful very smart Mm -hmm. but it's just he needs a household with a kitten in it and not three grown-ass adult cats who don't want to change their ways yeah so that was my low and my high was going to anime Expo, so last week we talked about how my little brother kind of made a fuck up
2: oh
1: yeah,
0: and it ended up working out really well um we ended we stayed at the line hotel in in l a and the hotel's super cute. We got there and they gave us a room that's supposed to sleep four people and it had um it was like a suite and it had mm-hmm. a king bed and it had um one cot like a twin cot. And a couch, and we're like, "What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> this where's the other bed? Mm-hmm. Because usually it's two to a bed, and then if we say four people, we're assuming that we're going to get two beds. Yeah, but instead we got one bed and a cot and a couch. And so luckily, I mean, we're sneaking in two other extra people, so we had mm-hmm. six people. Yeah, and we had already brought a blow up couch, but it just kind of <laughs> this isn't a low. This is kind of just funny, but we ended up having to like. Arrange who was going to sleep on the bed, who was going to sleep on the couch, and so it ended up being me, Snay, and Josh sleeping on the king-sized bed, Mark sleeping on the cot, and Jared and Allie sleeping on the blow-up mattress. Oh, okay. and so it, originally it was supposed to be me, Snay, and Allie on the bed, the boys on the blow-up mattress, and then Mark on the cot. Like Mark was always going to be on the cot, mm-hmm. but then Josh like convinced Allie to sleep on. The blow up with Jared because we're trying to like all be comfy on the on the uh, king bed together. Yeah, but instead Josh was like, "No, I'm going to sleep on the king bed." And then I was like, "That's not fair." Because now me and Mark are the only couple who aren't sleeping in the same space together. Yeah, like you guys all get to cuddle. But then at night I kept waking up and my brother's fiance who was sleeping in the middle of us kept cuddling with me instead of Josh <laughs> <laughs> and I would wake up and I was like I'm a very I don't really move a lot in my sleep because mm-hmm. I'm so used to judo sleeping on my legs mm-hmm. that I'll like be in the same spot when I wake up and I'd wake up and Snake would be like cuddling me but her elbow like she'd have her arms tucked um into my back and her elbows would be like stabbing me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd be like "Snake." Josh is over there. Scoot <laughs> over, and then she'd be like, and like scoot, roll over, and then I'd fall back asleep, and I'd wake up, and she'd be back on me, and I'd be like, what the fuck? And I was like on the edge, so I was already like as far as I could go. Yeah, and I was like, scoot over. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that I don't like cuddling, but like when your fiance is right there, like cuddle with him. Yeah, cuddle with him. Yeah, especially if he fought. To <laughs> he fought sleep. to be on the bed, yeah. so you guys need a cuddle. I don't get to cuddle with my boyfriend. The least you could do is cuddle with yours. Yeah. Do what I can't. Um, so anyways, yeah, Anime Expo was really good. We went to a bunch of panels. We went to a MAPA panel where they showed us the Attack on Titan trailer for the final season, final part. Um, and it I got like chills watching it and everyone was cheering in the audience and it was super cool. And then we went to a Jujutsu Kaisen panel and that was like super fun. Um, and we got to see a sneak peek of the new season that just came out yesterday. Um, and because this is probably a month later, uh, July 6th is when it came out. And then we went to the Demon Slayer panel. And Oh, love Demon Slayer. Oh, my gosh. The um, Japanese voice actor for Tanjiro was there. And he was so cute. He was, um, he's learning English and he just started learning English a year ago. So not even that long ago. Right. And he was already so good at speaking English. He was saying full sentences. People would ask him a question. He would answer it in English instead of Japanese. Like Mm -hmm. obviously, like the harder questions, he would just answer them in Japanese and the interpreter would tell us what it was but some of like the easier ones like how are you doing and like how are you liking la cuz it was his first time in la too mm-hmm. and he was like i love it here and i had an in and out burger and i loved it and everyone was like <laughs> <laughs> cuz you know la and in and out yeah. like you have to try it it goes hand in hand you have to mm-hmm. it's just a must um and then they showed us this drawing um of one of like the artists from the show and then they gave us all art from it. And I was like, what? That's so cool. So yeah. we got to keep the art. Um, but it was a really good panel. Just overall a successful anime expo. Um, yeah, I had a great time. And I had boba every single day.
1: That's great. Yeah. that's
0: So that was my high. It was a really good high. I love Anime Expo. I just love anime in general. Um, I think I've only gone once with you. Mm-hmm. I've gone to the very first time I
1: went anywhere with you anime related was the convention in Anime LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a great time. Anime LA in Anaheim. <laughs> that was a great great time. I did have a lot of fun and then I think it was it was the next year when the, when mm-hmm. we went to Anime Expo and I had, I had a good time. It's
0: just packed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just, I, one, I couldn't even finish out the whole three, four days. I think I was only there, what, two days. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: then, and, but I was also sick. I remember we couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was Mm -hmm. just sick. And then finally, when I went to the doctor after like two weeks of trying to self-medicate, he's like, yeah, you got, you got strep throat. You're sick. It's always
0: strep throat. (laughs) It's always strep throat.
1: Um, but I do. I did have fun. But I was also like, I don't know if this is for me. Like every year, all the time.
0: Yeah, I think it just became such a nostalgic thing for me and my family mm-hmm. because when we we're younger, like we would get fucked up and go to Anime Expo, yeah. drunk the whole four days, get a hotel, take the shuttles everywhere, meet a bunch of new people, just mm-hmm. hang out with random people, go to random after parties. So it became like a nostalgic thing, and now it's kind of like a tradition with me and my siblings, where it's, that's where we're going to bond together. Yeah. We're going to talk about the newest anime. We're going to all binge watch a bunch of anime before we go. We're going to go to all the same panels because we like the same thing. So it's just become like a get together for us, Um, like a family reunion of sorts mm-hmm. every single year, even though we, we don't need a reunion because we <laughs> see each other like once a week at least. I live with one of my brothers. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just. I enjoy it a lot. So, But I can totally understand people not enjoying Anime Expo because it is packed,
1: yeah.
3: filled
0: with people. I'm like, do we really need to sell this many tickets? It's terrifying. So it's, many. Yeah. And because we've gone so many times, we know how to navigate all of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We
0: know how to not stand in lines, how to make sure we get to all the panels without worrying um, and that, like, not missing anything. We just kind of have it down packed because we've gone so many times. Yeah. Um so Which
1: means you guys are a great group to go with. Mhm. Guys just know everything. Yeah.
0: So if you want to go to Anime Expo, you can meet up with me. Um you heard it here first. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it is very good high. Um so now let's I guess go into our updates about being present cuz I'm going to tell you right now. I didn't meet my goal from last week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like I said earlier, i I didn't meet my goal of writing. I did still feel present most of the time because so many things were happening. And it was kind of one of those where I needed to pay attention to everything that was happening. It was almost like, me knowing that I wasn't, okay, I didn't write yesterday, I didn't write today and things like that was making me really think about like all the feeling, all the emotions I was feeling because then when I could write them, then I could dissect them more. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even if though I didn't get to write them, I still really felt them and understood them. So I feel like just the fact of like, oh, I didn't get to like reach my goal was making me extra analyze it but without putting it on paper. Mm-hmm. And my, I I think, oh yeah, I, I definitely know for sure. I said I wanted to do like, I wanted to go to like cafes or like places like a little bit farther. I didn't do any of that. I did <laughs> not do, I'm not, I didn't do any of that because I also had car troubles. Mm-hmm. That That was another.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My goal was to, move more. And I met that because of Anime Expo. I did over 10,000 steps a day. But my other goal was to go on a hike. And I was so close to actually doing it. But I went to get my nails done. Also, look at my nails.
1: Oh, they're beautiful. If you see them in
0: the sun, they shine. They glitter. (gasps) It's so cute.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Um, So I went to go get my nails done because I've been needing to get my nails and my toes done just because... I need to like clean up the edges, make mm-hmm. sure I don't have any like hang nails. Also, my nails have been growing in like really strong lately. And so I haven't cut them and they were like super long at this point. And I knew that if I waited any longer, I was going to break a nail and it was going to break like halfway down. Mm-hmm. So I was like, might as well get these hardened, put some gel on them. And also, I needed just a pedicure too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, my number one goal today, which was like my last day off before work, was to get my nails done. And then after I would go, um, grocery shopping, drop off the stuff and then go for a hike. I was like, I'm going to get this done while I'm getting my nails done. I'm watching all of the, like they have the news on and every single weather newscaster is like, do not go outside. Do not work out outside. This is the worst. The, um,
1: Oh, it was the hottest day. One of the
0: hottest days. It was the hottest Mm -hmm. day and the air quality. Was so bad because it was the day after Fourth of July. Yeah, and so they were like, "If you can, don't go outside. Don't do any heavy exercise outside. Don't even go walk. If you have to, like walk your dog. Limit how many times you're going out and how long you're out there." I was like, "Damn, Mm -hmm. the weather is that. The air quality is that bad." So I kept watching it and it kept playing over and over again because I'm in there for like an hour. Yeah, and I was sitting and I text Mark and I'm like, I really want to go on a hike, but should I? And I showed him the air quality index and he was like, Hell no. I knew my asthma was acting up for a reason. <laughs> so I ended up not going, which I was disappointed, but at the same time I was like, I walked a fucking lot. Yeah. At Anime Expo. So there's that, but I didn't reach my goal. And then I think my other goal not use my phone as much and I I used it a lot.
1: Yeah, I think you'd said you wanted to do another like um
0: phone cleanse again. Yeah, that didn't happen. I uh <laughs> I ended up watching a lot of TikToks. In fact, I don't know if you've seen this TikTok. Um it comes up as like an ad and it's fan fiction pretty much acted out.
3: No.
0: And it's called uh I'm in love like I'm in love with two alphas or something like that and it's just So bad it's good. It's so cringe that you can't stop watching it. And so I made everybody (laughs) while we're at the hotel watch all of the TikToks of the series and they're like (laughs) what one one to two minute long episodes. So I use my phone a lot, but at the same I was still I was still present because anime expo, you kinda have to be. Yeah. But at the same time I didn't reach that goal of not using my phone Mm -hmm. to be on social media. As a social media girl in a social media world. (laughs) So do we try and get new goals? Do we get new goals or do we punish ourselves for that? I don't think punishing personally. (laughs) I think this might be a good topic for later to delve into. But um, I don't react well to negative reinforcement. Like if I have a punishment, I will usually not do as good. When I played volleyball, I had a coach that was very much positive reinforcement and I was so good. <laughs> like I was starting, I constantly got kills and by kills, I mean like when you hit the ball and it hits the floor mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, kill. Anyways, um, and I was like super good. And then I got moved up to varsity and had a different coach and they were all negative reinforcement. And I just didn't believe in myself anymore. I was like, this is not, I need to be told that I'm good to actually feel that I'm good. If somebody is telling me that I'm shit or I'm messing up too much or that I'm never going to do well, that doesn't encourage me to change their mind. It makes me believe that Mm -hmm. that is actually what I am. So if we punish ourselves, I don't think I'm going to do a good job because then all (laughs) I'm going to be thinking about is, oh my God. I'm not even worth this. (laughs) So I think we need to have um, a reward for if we meet our goals. Okay. And maybe we have the same goal again.
1: So that I do, I do want to do the same goal again because I do want to write. I, it's almost like I love reading, but to get me to actually start a book, is the biggest battle. Mm-hmm. But once I'm reading it, oh my god, I'm yeah, I don't I'm, stop. I'm in. Yeah. So I feel like writing is the same. Like once I can start writing, I can do it for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. I I don't know why the act of starting anything is so difficult. I think I put too much pressure on the moment has to feel right. Mm -hmm. The setting has to be exactly what I like. I think it's that.
0: The sun has to be setting at just the right angle Mm -hmm. so that the sky is pink and baby blue. Yeah. (laughs) And the so sky also has to be raining so that I can hear the yeah, sound or the like rain. I need
1: to have like the perfect handle on like I think it's all this stuff that i I just like want it to be perfect mm-hmm. or the right setting, and to be honest, I think that has a lot to do with social media and the like aesthetically pleasing life mm-hmm. and uh i'm i'm I definitely know like when I make my videos. I I don't know if I try to make it, like, aesthetically pleasing, but I like the, like, order of it to be some type of order, like, mm-hmm. from morning to, like, night. But I think, I think, like, the whole, like, oh, things need to, like, look a certain way and stuff like that. And feel a certain way. is starting to take away from the acts of just doing it mm-hmm. instead of making up this moment that's Going to make it good,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that's that's my problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's a problem that we've all kind of had. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with me. Like anytime I want to be creative, it's like, well, I just don't feel in the mood, mm-hmm. or I need it to be. I like I have to put on if I want to read a book. I have to put on like some sort of mood sound. So our landscape sound. So I need to put like raining noises in the background or I need to put on a fire, like a burning fire, Mm -hmm. um, like a bonfire in the background. So I can hear like the popping of the fire. And if I don't, then I'm like, I don't want to read. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to read if it's not this precise condition. Yeah. So I've had to in because, you know, outside isn't always going to fit that condition. I've had to artificially create it and that's helped but same thing like I shouldn't have to have the perfect situation for me to want to do the things that I want to do but it's difficult yeah
1: it is difficult
0: motivation is hard
1: Mm, yeah
0: it's hard to be motivated um I guess that's another topic I'm gonna write these down hold on (laughs) What was the first one? Um, It was like. Types of reinforcement. Yes. All right. Everybody can you hear this. That's paper. (laughs) (laughs) The way you just flung it at the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) This is a new pen. I'm not going to open the new pen.
1: Yeah. So it was definitely reinforcements and then motivation, -motivation. self-motivation.
0: This pen's not working.
1: (sighs) Tough life out there
0: we got a pencil pencils if you have lead it's gonna work (laughs) types of reinforcement
3: pens fuck
0: (laughs) my pencil broke i was writing too hard pens (laughs) best pens that'll be another one okay so now that i've written that down what were we talking about (laughs) um motivation oh yeah so just being motivated to be creative yeah it's very difficult and i feel like when you are being creative it's like the most in the moment that you can truly be
3: mm-hmm. because
0: i mean i guess maybe not i don't know i don't even know what it's like to really be fully in the moment <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i'll tell you this when i when i'm writing like chapters of my book which you have not gotten back to me about.
0: Oh, I forgot to read them. <laughs> I'm not sending you anymore. No, you have to. <laughs> I was so busy. I'm gonna read them tonight and I'm gonna call you in the middle of the night and be like, why the fuck are you calling me? You'll be like, listen, <laughs> listen, I just read everything. I'm gonna sound like a deranged woman. I'm gonna send you notes. I'm going to mail you a handwritten (laughs) note from what you sent me.
1: Probably by the time it gets to me I'll have finished like the next chapter. Oh, I I love it. Finally. And then you can send
0: me that and I can print it out and send you my next set of notes. And it'll just be like an endless cycle.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. Especially handwritten like actually mailed Mm -hmm. letters.
0: And then when you publish the book, you can publish the version of my edits. (laughs) (laughs) It, it's not even going to be edits. It's just going to be like, oh, my God, I love this part. It, <laughs> like, wow, I can't annotate, believe they said that. <laughs> annotated
1: things. Like when we annotate books. Yeah. I love annotating books. Yeah. I, I It's like sometimes tough, though, because I either have to just have one colored marker and a pen. But if I'm going to take multiples, oh, I can't annotate. Like, that. I can't annotate anywhere. It would have to literally be
0: like in one area
1: because mm-hmm. then I'm not going to carry all this shit with me.
0: Yeah. You were talking about writing your book and being in the moment, like what that's like for you.
1: Yeah. I'm in the moment of what I'm writing about in the book. Mm-hmm. So uh, my book, I have to dive a lot into my past. And so when I'm writing about it, I'm back in all those like past moments.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And do you feel it in your body? I do. I feel I I feel everything that I did in high school. And in high school, I was a very, it's complicated. I feel like I'm I'm a very different person. Oh, yeah. Same with me. But at the same time, I feel like I have the same insecurities that I did in high school. So to me, that says, have I either I haven't put in the work in the areas that I really needed to to like heal that Mm -hmm. and, and get better from it. Or I haven't, I don't, I don't, I must not have like mapped out the correct areas and I haven't worked on them because I think I was attacking something else when, oh, that wasn't the problem. Mm -hmm. This was, it's like, that was, it's like, I didn't grab the root. I just broke off the branch, Mm -hmm. but like the root is still there. So it's still growing. Yeah. And so definitely when I'm writing about me in high school, it's very obviously like there's a lot of things I wish I could change but it's very humbling because I I still have like the same
0: insecurities so I might be a completely different person but and by different person do you mean like different likes and different goals and stuff like that or yeah I I'm definitely
1: I definitely have more confidence but I I definitely know I lack self-esteem Ooh. and that and in, in high school I had no confidence and I had no self-esteem so, so I progress yeah it's like progress there but I also obviously in high school I was like oh I don't want like I definitely knew I didn't want like a future like with anyone let's say like I just kind of always wanted to be like by myself and just kind of like travel and 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 there are other things of like me in high school that I actually wish I had now Mm -hmm. like in in high school I always said I'm going to live abroad I'm going to travel and whether that means like wherever I travel to, I'm gonna have to work for money, like it wasn't where I was gonna oh save a bunch, and then like I was gonna be fine it It's like I was just going to do it however I could, but like I wanted to do it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I definitely felt a lot braver back then, and and i I knew like my dream goal was to go to Ireland and If you ask any of my high school friends, they will always tell you, oh, yeah, Vanessa's supposed to end up in Ireland at some point in her life. And there's been no movement to that at all in in my life. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't feel as brave anymore. I have like so many fears now, and I don't know if they come with age.
0: Oh, they definitely do. Because- this is just like a weird example, but Mm -hmm. I used to slide down the stairs face first, blindfolded because I was in a sleeping bag. So I would put the sleeping bag over my head, down my body, and then I would slide down the stairs face first into the floor. Mm -hmm. And I would not ever fucking do that shit. Now (laughs) I'd be like, I'm going to hurt myself. So it's, You are, we just have like blind faith in ourselves because we don't know what the limits are when we're younger Mm -hmm. and the limits don't seem like they exist because to us, they don't, they, Mm -hmm. they just don't exist. But as we get older and we see what the world truly looks like and what other people have had to go through or what our own like life experience has shown us, we then get like more and more scared. My mom used to be the best driver in the entire world. I'm talking about she would have a coffee mug, not a coffee mug with a lid on it. I'm talking Mm -hmm. a straight up regular ass coffee mug. In one hand, keep making sure all of us in the car were safe, back up, not spill one drop of fucking (laughs) coffee, and then drive us all the way to school talking, looking back, with the coffee still in her hand, <laughs> fucking changing. She, I think we used to have a stick shift, fucking changing gears with what in one hand, mm-hmm. switching hands while she did it, yeah. putting the cup in the other hand. She was like s- doing stuff like that. Now she has such deep anxiety about driving because of a trauma that she experienced, not like a crash or anything, but like getting bad news while driving that now mm-hmm. she can't drive anymore. Mm-hmm. And she's now trying to work towards driving just small distances and she lives about five minutes away from her work and that's the farthest she can drive. Mm -hmm. So I think just as we get older and we gain more trauma and we gain more just other experiences that aren't great, we learn to fear.
1: Yeah. And and what's so ironic is as I was growing up, I thought the older you get, the braver you are or need to be because and I still think this now like I believe my parents as I was growing up I believed my parents weren't afraid of anything because it was like if I was afraid of something I would ask either of them to go check it out and they're like okay cool no questions asked so it's like even if they were scared they wouldn't show it or I maybe they did and I just wouldn't notice it Mm -hmm. but I would always think, okay, see, like as I'm going to get older, I'm going to be braver. So it's like as I was younger and in high school, I thought I had all these fears when in reality I didn't. Yeah. They were maybe... Fears of like, are people gonna like me? What do people think of me? And I hate Mm -hmm. that I wasted so much time, like thinking, like just wondering about that. Mm -hmm. But I had fears like that, and I thought when I'm older they're gonna go away, and they have gone away. But they've now been replaced by like anxiety, by a fear of heights that's like now not allowing me to really fly anywhere, and it. So it's just like things like that that I was never afraid of. Yeah, and and so there are characteristics of me in the past that I wish I had, or I wish mm-hmm. never went away, but then I'll sit there and think and, and question, when did they go away? Mm-hmm. Like when did they start to slowly leave that I didn't notice to like try and catch them before they left?
0: Yeah. But it's funny that you say that like, as we get older, we get like less brave, mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of the opposite. Because when we're younger, we don't have as like, we still have fears, but we don't have as many and we just kind of do things because we don't know any better than to like not do them. Mm -hmm. But as we get older and we know that sometimes like taking that leap of faith or going on a plane, even though you're scared, that forces you to be brave, like do facing your fears and confronting them and doing it even though you're scared is the act of bravery. Doing things just because you're doing them and you have no other like pretext or like context to go with it. It's like, that's not bravery. That's just, you know, <laughs> don't want to say it, but like stupidity <laughs> or yeah. like, you know, just fucking do whatever, whatever you want. So when, we're as we get older, I do think that we get braver because even though we have all that context, we know that driving a car is kind of scary because we've either been in an accident or we've seen people be in accidents and get hurt but we still do it every day that's brave Mm -hmm. like we know that it takes a lot to take that leap of faith and go out of the country and live there for a while that's brave so your younger self may have like wanted to do it but eventually I think you are going to end up doing it and that's going to be a brave act and you're going to be a brave person so don't knock yourself I think you're very brave
1: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here's hoping
0: i'm just saying if you face any sort of fears on a daily basis that makes you a brave person Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't seem like it yeah but yeah this is a great segue into what our theme is (laughs) for today (laughs) we're still talking about being present but we want to dive into there's hold on let me (laughs) let me pull up the dic. what the dictionary says my dictionary, I mean Google. <laughs> Google says stuff. So, living in the now. I looked up the definition, and it says, "What does it mean to live in the now?" And it says, "Living in the present moment means letting go of the past and not waiting for the future. It means living for your life consciously, aware that each moment you breathe is a gift. The ability to be in the present moment is a major component to mental wellness, and so we want to talk about." The first half of that definition, like letting go of the past and what that means for us and what our process has been in Mm -hmm. letting go of the past because we're still in process. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a done deal. We have not let go fully. And who knows if we ever will. So, (sighs) letting go. (laughs) Let's all take a deep breath together. And breathe out. I should do voices for Khan.
1: <laughs> this should be your next gig.
0: Yeah. They should book me. Yeah. Oh. My cat Judo, who's sleeping on the bed next to us, is having a dream. And so he's making like a suckling noise. I don't know if he's dreaming about like licking ice cream because that's one of his favorite things. Aww. Or if he's like a little kitten in the stream again. Ooh. i never saw him as a kitten and i'm so sad because i just know he was probably the cutest little baby in the whole wide world
2: oh yeah definitely
0: (laughs) all right letting go of the past the first thing i need to let go of is the fact that i never knew judo as a baby (laughs) (laughs) and i will never let it go I hope when I get to heaven, if there is a heaven, and I hope there is, that I get to see pictures of judo and I get to hold his little baby version. I was going to say, what if there are little baby versions running around there? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, this is little baby judo. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry for anybody who had to hear that squeal. (laughs) (laughs) My heart is so full right now just thinking about little tiny judos. (laughs) Just look at him. Imagine that—just smaller, little tubby boy, teeny tiny, teeny tiny. All right, letting go of the past. <laughs> we don't have to dive into the things that we need to let go of. But what is your process, or do you even have one?
1: I feel like I barely started any type of process, mm-hmm. and I think I think my process is—it's close to like. Building like better memories with it's either building like better memories or just in general like building better relationships with the people or with the issues that I had um traumas with in the past. Mm. And I don't necessarily know if that's letting go of the past. But it makes the past almost blurry. Like if it like if I'm looking at it through a filter like underwater. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's letting go of it or if
0: I'm truly forgetting it. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, I think but, part yeah. of letting go of the past is forgetting.
1: Yeah. And yeah, because I've always heard the saying like, oh, you know, you forgive, but don't forget. And I would always like think about that. But I I kind of was always like, I do forget, though. Yeah. <laughs> like I do. I, 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 I might like remember a general sense of it, but I don't remember like details.
0: I think it's actually healthier to forget How they hurt you. Mm -hmm. Like, don't forget the action, I guess. Like, remember in the back of your mind so that if they ever do it again, it's like, that wasn't an accident now. That was purposeful. And sorry, my cat was just so fucking cute. (laughs) Um, That's no longer, like, you knew what they did, but you don't remember, like, how it felt or how Mm -hmm. it affected you. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to let it kind of blur or. Yeah. Yeah be gone because if not, then it's just something for you to go back into your mind and be like, oh, this is exactly how it felt Mm -hmm. and what it was like. And then you just live in that cycle again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I only recently started doing it because, um, but like for instance, um, past me did not have a good relationship with my mom. And, and even when I met you, I did not have a good relationship with my mom. And I didn't, by the time I met you, I didn't really have a good relationship with either of my parents because my dad was very like ride or die. And he's like, we're married. So I have to back your mom, even if I think she's wrong, at least in front of you guys, which as I guess their kid, it would feel like a betrayal. So. So yeah, I just, I, I never had a good relationship with my parents until like recent years. But the recent friendships I've developed with my parents is what's like making like the past and everything blur. So sometimes even when I'm writing like the book and I'm trying to establish obviously like conf, like the conflicts that they had in their relationships, I'm trying to still like remember everything much more clearly. And it's still hard. See, I,
0: so because of what has been going on with your parents, I thought it was the opposite. I thought you had a good relationship with them in the past and now your relationship with them was kind of in turmoil, but I can understand how like your individual relationship with both of them has changed because they're confiding in you. And so that kind of like helps things blur. But, yeah, I didn't know your relationship was, like, tense during when we met.
1: Yeah, it was, it was very, like, with my mom, it was always the same, even, like, into college. Like, it was always the same. It was, she, she just wasn't nice. (laughs) She just wasn't kind. And she's admitted herself that as she's gotten older, she said i don't know why i'm i'm much softer and like sensitive and more emotional and like sensitive to feelings and mm-hmm. things like that whereas when i was growing up she was not and so that was always where we like bumped heads and like i said that didn't that didn't change until like her affair came out
3: mm-hmm.
1: and with my dad we always had a good relationship um I just wouldn't see him often because he was always working. And when he would come home, he would obviously hear like my mom's version and, he, and he'd say, I have to believe it. And mine and his started getting rocky in college because he thought I was just partying instead of going to school when mm-hmm. I was really in rehearsal. For plays, mm-hmm. which I would tell him, you come see the shows, and you so you obviously see the end result of the work I've put in. I don't know where you think I went to a party,
0: yeah. and it's so funny because people don't like being told that they're wrong. No. So he's accusing you, and you're like, No, look at the facts, and he's like, No, yeah, he was still <laughs> like, Well, no, you must do it somehow. I'm like, <laughs> Um,
1: and so yeah, it just and it was also like, I think it was a general. Where I was growing up and I was trying to get more independence, and he just wasn't understanding it. Even though he would tell us, like, you guys have to be able to do things alone because we're not always going to be here. So it was all, it was just like a tug of war. Um, yeah, individually with my parents, we have a good friendship. Um, like I go to brunch with my mom at least once a week. Um, sometimes like, her and my sister and I will all go together or we'll spend a day together. And. And it's like all of that is replacing like everything else when I was growing up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And same thing with my dad. Um With my dad. He still works just as much. So we just don't see each other as often. But when we do, it's still like fine. Yeah. And we still find things to do together. <laughs> but combined as my parents I definitely have the worst relationship with them now because it's it's like in the past I was like they were kind of like generals where I had to abide by everything and now I look at them as two people that always came off as like really hardcore, perfect generals. And now they're like all cracked and shown that they're not. And instead I see them as people that have taught me lessons of what
0: I never want to do. Yeah. So you sing all of those things for like your relationship with your mom. There's this theory that When as adults, we're constantly seeking out ways to heal our inner child. And so your relationship with your mom kind of sounds like you had a tough mom who was never on your side, didn't have any consideration for your feelings. And now you have this new mom, well, you know, not new mom, but Mm -hmm. like a new version of your mom that does take those things into consideration and does like take the time and hang out with you and do those brunches and like share feelings. And I feel like that's a part of your inner child. That's like healing your mother daughter relationship and kind of what that was like I, for like little you, like little you wanted that and now you finally have it. And so you're like healing that childhood, that little girl that used to be there. Cause it, um the person who like i don't know who set this theory. I probably fucking heard it on TikTok, but <laughs> they're saying that we are every age that we've ever been. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not only 28, but I'm also 27 and so forth. Yeah. And so maybe like 8-year-old you had a really bad relationship with your mom or like a really tough like time with your mom, and now that little you is finally like getting the the clarity that she needed. So, interesting yeah maybe um
1: to be very frank i don't remember any sort of relationship with my parents under 12 Mm -hmm. Uh, i have like obviously memories of like where we lived and like like i have i have like the skeleton of like what my childhood was looked like up until I was 12 Mm. and then from 12 and on is when I have more present you became conscious yeah (laughs) yeah and and (laughs) what sucks is I, I remember when I was 12 there was a very specific moment that made me conscious of like oh I don't I've never heard like any of my friends talk about their parents like this or that their parent has said this. But my mom said something very, very fucked up to me when I was like around 11 or 12. And from then is when like I have all, like all the memories more start. And I try even now and like look back and find like good ones. And it's so difficult. And instead I just see like, when like the ones where like she'd be upset that I wasn't looking after my sister even though I was like 13 because she wanted to be hanging out with like the grown-ups at like a Thanksgiving Um, and or I have like the memories of her like commenting on my weight and and all these things like my dad would just like kind of back her on because it Mm -hmm. was just oh you know it's just what I have to do like it's my wife and so yeah so I I don't I think once I hit like my or I was on the brink of my teen years is when she was like, I don't know how to like I have a relationship with a teenager. So I'm not gonna. And uh and I, I just genuinely think now I for a long time, I, I haven't like tolerated any of her like BS or her attitude. So I think she knew she was never going to win any battle with me. But I also think. Ever since everything with her and my dad happened, um, she was pretty much like, she, she pretty much went through this like phase where we didn't talk to her. So she really, I think, felt what it would, she had almost like a, a glimpse. Yeah. A glimpse of like what it would feel like if she re, if her kids really didn't talk to her. And I don't think, I re I think that really humbled her.
0: I'm so curious. Have you ever talked to your mom about, like, did she want to be a mom when she got pregnant? Like, was that something that she always wanted?
1: I've briefly talked to
0: her, not necessarily
1: asking, like, if she ever wanted to be a mom, but just, like, what her goal, like, plan was for herself. And it was never like having kids was not in the cards for her and she kind of just wanted to like work for herself and she wanted to i think kind of just like be free and just kind of like do her own thing because because her mom my grandma was even stricter and even like colder Mm -hmm. than so it's it's one of those where like Just like my mom on her own was like difficult. But then when you put her side by side with my grandma, my mom was very warm, Mm -hmm. very warm compared to like a childhood I could have had with a mom like my grandma. Yeah. So I I think that was her plan. So I don't think it was she'd never planned for herself to be a mom. And then she had me and she was on her own. We were on our own for like two years and then my dad came back and, and then they, they were together for a while and, and then they just like had more kids mm-hmm. and, cause it was the thing to do. I yeah. mean,
0: everybody just had kids.
1: Yeah. So I've never, I don't know. And I feel like now even asking her. I feel like even she would say, oh, well, you know, my thoughts are murky about it, but it's like, I just wanted to do this, but I, I don't know. I also know for a fact, I don't think my parents would have been together if I wasn't born. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think she just kind of had, maybe eventually she would have, but I think she would have like. Been fully settled down with someone for like a while, not just someone that she had been dating for like, I think a few months.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like people have resentment for their children mm-hmm. because of the life that they could have had. And I'm not saying that that's what your mom felt. I'm not like trying to put words mm-hmm. in her mouth or anything or make it seem different, but that is just something that people go through. Mm hmm. So, I mean I'm I see the way that your mom supports you now, I, like the couple times that I've seen her in person. And it sucks that you are just now getting a relationship with her because I feel like she was always there, was always like had that warmth, the capability of being warm towards you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that you needed that a little sooner than what you're getting now.
1: Yeah. And and sometimes it's tough to see my sister mm-hmm. able to get it so much sooner, and not just that, but she's able to get so many other liberties. That, yeah, yeah. That
0: that's the the curse of being the oldest child. Yeah.
1: Um, but she definitely. I can also see like how, for someone that young, to have it, how it does like start to shape you a little quicker Mm -hmm. and it starts to it's also easier to kind of like I feel like be intact with your emotions and because she's definitely a lot more my sister's a lot more self-aware than I was at that age and that could be you know multiple factors it's it doesn't just have to be that my mom is different but I can't say it's not a factor in there because she does have that advantage that I didn't. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it obviously it's better late than never. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, okay, at like, you know, 27, 28, it's still pretty early in my life.
0: But and a lot of people who didn't have good relationships with their parents mm-hmm. never get to have a good relationship yeah. with their parents.
1: They never do or they or they have it until like their parents are sick mm-hmm. and and then they don't have that much time left to enjoy it with them. So it's it's definitely not terrible and I still feel lucky that we never had to become estranged that badly to like lose years with each other. Um And I just hope it continues.
0: Mm hmm Yeah, I do too. But you're saying how having this new relationship with your mom has helped to blur the past relationship with her. And is that your way? Like, do you either just, like, not stay in contact with somebody if they, like, did something bad to you in the past? Or maybe, like, not even... It doesn't have to just be about, like, somebody who did something to you in the past. Maybe it's about, like, airing grievances with yourself. Like, how do you let go of, like, your past mistakes and let go of them? I think I said let go, like, three times. (laughs) (laughs) How do you let go of letting go of your past mistakes and let go? <laughs> Make that the sound bite. <laughs> like this week, we're letting go of letting go by letting go to let go. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I said it like three different times. No. <laughs> do you just let like forget about the past grievances that you have with a person or yourself? Um, or is there like other things that you do?
1: I I shove it down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So it's still in there. No.
1: I shove it down and and to be and sometimes maybe in like maybe a really low moment where I'm like I want to feel even lower and and I try to dig it out, mm-hmm. sometimes it won't be there. So I'll have no idea what you buried. Wh- like when it left. Um and there have been things that I really have let go where like they've they've come at me and I'm just like this is not something that there there's nothing that I see that to like hold on to it mm-hmm. that later I'm gonna need to heal from or anything like that. But Sometimes I will – my, like, first go-to is I need to stop talking to this person or I need to – you know what? I've given this person too much, like, power mm. to be able to be affected like that. It, it They need to go. Um, my mistakes, it takes – that is what it takes me the longest to let go of because I dwell on it mm. and I will repeat it in my mind – And, and look at all the angles of like, oh my God, see, I could have done this instead and this, or that, or there's so many, like I dwell on it so long that it takes me, it pretty much, I pretty much don't let go of it until a same situation presents itself. And I've now corrected it. Like I've, I've done what I should have done the first time. Mm -hmm. So now I've let go of that mistake.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Healing younger you.
1: (laughs) Yeah that's that is what takes me like when they're my mistakes that's what takes me the longest
0: yeah there's just something about you being the problem that is so difficult to let go of because no other outside forces made this happen it was all on you there are so many other things you could have done but instead you made this mistake and for me (laughs) letting go of like a past mistake that I made just has to come with more life experiences and realizing how long, young and dumb I really was. How long ago <laughs> <laughs> Because if I look back on it and I'm like, I would never do that now or I wish I didn't do that then. And then I just have to like remind myself like, yeah, you know better now you were stupid you made stupid decisions and you got stupid results mhm and if i keep like obviously they'll come up and they, like they become like really cringe moments where like now i can't sleep because i have to think about this forever and like in this situation if i would have just done this or if i would have just said this then this is how it would have been ha- would have happened but who knows maybe it wouldn't maybe the results would have been exactly the same eventually or maybe it would have led me down a path that would have burn, been even burn. <laughs> I can't fucking speak. That would have been even worse for me. It, maybe it would have led me down a path that would have been a worst life. Worst fuck. <laughs> I can't, I can't. <laughs> right now, I'm gonna think about this moment for the rest of my life. What could I have done <laughs> to not sound like this? <laughs> But you know well, what I mean. Yeah. What, More life experience
1: helps me. Yeah. And I, I, what has really helped me in the last few years is think, okay, see, I like, I could have avoided this mistake, but it's one of those of this probably was supposed to happen. And if it didn't, either it would have changed like a completely already like written path for me. And it would have completely changed if it's like all these things happen for a reason. Like my Mm. mom, my mom always talks about that. She says, God has already written all of our books. So she's like, all your chapters and everything, they're already written. She says, she says she believes that um, we're all like confetti and that when we're made, she's like, you know, you have all these different colors and she's like, and all these colors are like different characteristics and aspects and everyone has the same thing. And she goes, and that includes like good and evil and and like morals and things like that. It's like, we all have like bits of evil and good and like all these different colors and pieces. So she says all like our decisions and our like paths are already written but she says they she's like i believe they change a little based on like what you do it's like god already knows like how you're gonna end up it's more like the journey of how you're gonna do that Mm -hmm. maybe he's letting you do it yourself so i believe like everything happens for a reason including like even tiny and like huge mistakes. And that's what I try and tell myself, like when they happen of like, well, this was supposed to happen because then it
0: taught you this. Yeah. And you have to look at your mistakes as lessons. Yeah. And that's, I think, been the biggest thing in letting go of my past is I have to remind myself that if I hadn't gone through that, then I would have been successful You you were susceptible. Yeah, you said the word right. You stopped halfway. (laughs) I got nervous because I've been talking weird. I would have been susceptible to having that happen to me later on in life. These mistakes that I went through in my early 20s in high school, in middle school, led me to be a more intelligent, a more self-aware, and a more caring person because I went through these mistakes. And as cringy and as like hurtful as those mistakes have been, I do like the person that I am now because of them. I don't treat people badly like I did when I was younger because I know better now. Mm-hmm. I there, This one moment sticks out to me when I was like being such a bitch <laughs> to a waitress and I was like young. I was like maybe in middle school and they made a mistake as like people do And it wasn't a huge mistake, but it made me like be a fucking bitch to that person for the rest of the time serving them. And I remember my brother, who's like nine years older than me, hit me on the back of the head. And he said, (laughs) and I think about this because I was so, I'm so like thinking about the moment like that woman remembers how bitchy I was. (laughs) And he hit me on the back of the head and he was like, don't do that. And I was like, do what? Because, you know, I'm a (laughs) fucking teenager. And he was like, she's just doing her job. Mm -hmm. Like be nice to her. And also, I know he was saying that because she was very pretty. (laughs) And I know he liked her. So, no, I'm just kidding. But um, it's just like, those are like little moments Mm -hmm. where like, I know I made a mistake. I know I was a shitty person in that moment. And there's been other moments where like, I've been a shitty person or said shitty things to people that I shouldn't have. And when I look back on them, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I would have not said that. But then I'm like, now I know better. Now Mm -hmm. I know I can't and should not and should never try to make somebody feel stupid or feel like they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And those little moments that I've been through are just character moments. Yeah. Little paths to lead me to being the human I need to be. Yeah. Yeah, I I believe that 100%. Yeah. Because then you see a lot of people out there Who have had privilege their entire life. And they're just shitty to people because they don't know any better. Yeah, they never had someone to smack them on the back of the head. Exactly. I'm so grateful I had an older brother who in the moment I was like, why the fuck did you do that? (laughs) And he's like, don't cuss me, you little shit. Yeah. And I was like, you're mean. (laughs) (laughs) But he was there to like teach me a lesson. Yeah. That I needed to learn. So just we just got to look at them as learning moments. Yeah. And,
1: and I mean, we're, and we're still going to make them. We still have so much more to learn. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like the more we make them, we just have to, I feel like the process of letting go of them is just going to get easier. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like this one mistake. This is a funny mistake. (laughs) (laughs) One time I was asking housekeeping for soap, but I spelled it soup. And I said it, (laughs) and I spelled it soup every single time I tried to say soap. So I said, hello, housekeeping. And this was the title of it. Um, Soup (laughs) dispenser. Soup dispenser out. Hello, housekeeping. Wait, you're telling me this is at work? This is at work. This (gasps) was like my second day. (laughs) Hello, housekeeping. The soup dispenser is out in the woman's restroom. Whenever you have the chance, please replace the soup. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I think the dispenser is what would have highly given them. Okay, I know what she means. No, that bitch said, oh, soap?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very grateful for them, but no. And then my boss I think it was, was like, her
2: first day, too. My
0: boss was like, um, just so you know, funny little mistake. I was like, no. <gasps> <gasps> oh because you had him i had had to put him like cc him because it was my second fucking day and i'm like i swear to god i know what soap is (laughs) i swear to god you hired the right person and he was like i was wondering if we had a new soup dispenser (laughs) and i was like shut the fuck up He's like, I don't even know how he would have a soup dispenser. How would that even work? And he, like, pretended to make a soup dispenser, <laughs> like, my one. Oh, my God. This is so good because this is giving me ideas for gifts. Oh, do not give me <laughs> soup dispensers. <laughs> not for you. Not for him either. This was so long ago. It's be don't... for both. I never let this go. Soup <laughs> dispenser stickers. Soup dispensers. Please, I'm or now I regret telling you this <laughs> my face hurts, <laughs> oh my God, so don't make mistakes like that. Use grammar <laughs> what's this Not grammar that's spelling? It's still well, it's grammar because it's spelled correctly. it's just the wrong use of the word. I'm so
1: surprised the like when you're writing the email, the corrections didn't say um." No, it was was spelled right. Which well, was no, I know it was spelled right, but sometimes I don't. Know. I downloaded Grammarly after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No more, never again will I make this mistake." I am downloading Grammarly. Who's going to tell me? Did you mean soap? And I'm going to be like, "Yes, I did." Grammarly, you- I sure did. Um this is an ad for Grammarly. <laughs> it's not actually, but if you want to sponsor us Grammarly, we will.
1: I've used it too. I use it I've I used, used, I've a used lot. it as well, yeah.
0: I don't have the feature that you pay for, but the free version of Grammarly works just great. Works amazing. Mm-hmm. And then it tells me like there's some other mistakes in there, but you got to pay <laughs> for them and I go, "Uh-uh, I'll look for them myself." <laughs> Like I went to school for years. I will find it, and it's usually an extra comma that does not need to exist. <laughs> but yeah, so that was one of my mistakes that I'm never gonna let go of, and I'm kind of disappointed that I told you because now you're gonna <laughs> now you're gonna bring it I mean, up. It's great. I just trying to make lessons learned. But now, also, whenever I write the re- word soap, <laughs> I almost said soup. Um, I'm like, oh shit! Did I say soap? <laughs> no (laughs) (laughs) I meant did I say soup and then one time and also I think I said soup because that day for lunch I had brought soup and so I was I was just going about to go on break and I was like soup 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 and then I went and ate my soup and then I came back from break and he was like just so you know you said soup and I was like (laughs) I had soup I was so ready for to eat my fucking soup that I said soup dispenser soup dispenser (laughs) I have the soup dispenser. (laughs) Uh, All right. So letting go of the past.
1: I think that's a great one.
0: (laughs) I would never let go of it. Oh, no. It would just bring me joy. It's just kind of funny now. And I tell everybody it. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just hilarious. A funny little mistake. One letter in the word. And it's completely different. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is one letter.
0: One time. I forgot how to spell the, and I could not for the life of me remember how to spell the. It was one of those moments where it's like, it's so obvious that it like now it's like not obvious at all. And my brain kept saying D-A-D-A. And I was like, (laughs) you're going to learn very, very quickly that I'm not good at spelling. My brain just does not work spelling wise. It doesn't hold the letters like that. I know Mm. sounds and I know stuff like that. I mean, I'm not today. Today, I don't, <laughs> today, I don't know how to speak at all. But <laughs> I, for some reason, it was just like one of those dumb moments in my life where, for some reason, like, you know, when you have a word on the tip of your tongue, yes. duh <laughs> was there instead of the. I was like, how the fuck do you spell the? I was like, D A, no. Did you look it up? No. I eventually got to it actually very quickly, and I had a nice little laugh to myself, and I was like, ha ha, "Ha ha And the reason why I remembered how to spell the was because I remembered SpongeBob, and when he's writing his, um, his fucking thing for school essay, essay? fucking I know words. Oh, <laughs> he's yeah. writing his essay, and he's procrastinating, and he only writes the word "the" mm-hmm. in very fancy script. Very fancy, yeah. That was the visual I had to bring to mind. I was like, SpongeBob, SpongeBob. So SpongeBob actually teaches you things. <laughs> no, it was like literally a brief second, but <laughs> I think of it to this, this day because it was just so dumb. Like, why would my brain decide to forget that word? It just didn't though. It was like, I think my brain does a little like, memory wipes every now and then because it needs to make room for new information. Yeah. And he was like, what do we what can we get rid of? What can we get rid of? And he was like, the word the they're like toss it <laughs>
3: <laughs> she, use
1: she that. doesn't use that word <laughs> every day constantly. <sighs> well I will tell you this. Ever since I got sick first time with COVID in 2020, my I feel like I have like pockets in my memory of like where they think something is missing
2: mm-hmm.
1: or brain fog. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have it too. And and it's it's also I uh, we can literally as we're talking now, and I'm I'm thinking, oh, I know like the next thing I want to say, and as soon as I'm like speaking, and I'm about to say the sentence I had. I had been the thinking gone. they're gone. Mm-hmm. They're gone, and that has never ever happened before. Yeah. So I know it's not
0: age, okay? Because no, no. no. I'm not Brain old. fog is very, very real when it comes to having COVID. Yeah. I think a lot of people are experiencing it, and I I hate it so much because I was like, I'm so much smarter than this in my mm-hmm. head than what my m- mouth is saying. So, we sound a little dumb. It's COVID. it's COVID. It's COVID. I've had it three times now. Yeah, I've had Not it twice. intentionally. I've had it twice. My family gave it to me every time. Uh, yeah, same, okay. First time,
1: my mom gave it to me because she was... Never mind. Mm, uh, a scandal. <laughs> second time, my husband gave it to me. Again, I have never gone out and gotten this. I've never gone out and licked sidewalks or anything.
0: So... <laughs> You should try it. Nothing better. It's always been brought to me. You would think salty. It's actually sweet. (laughs) Ew. Are you sure? Because. I'm just kidding. I've never (laughs) licked a sidewalk. Wink. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So it's it's just upsetting because we've never, we've always been safe and it's the other people around us that are dumb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. First time I got it, Mark didn't know he had it. And then I got it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That I would assume,
0: yeah, um, but well, I have to take supplements now. If I don't take my magnesium, I cannot function.
1: Oh, you know, magnesium, I have to, I can only take it like two, three times a week because that makes me go instantly, and it's like, and not like a whoa, uh. No, it's it's definitely where, uh, okay, maybe not It's like instantly. aggressive? It's like where I would need to find a restroom
0: a good two hours out. That's not instant at all. Well, I can't That's take it. That's pretty average. I can't <laughs> take it when I'm at work. You need to learn how to shit at work. No, no. Please, people, back me up. I cannot. I'm straight up right now. <clears throat> Shitting at work is one of the best things that you can do. One, you're getting paid to shit at work. Two, you're shitting at work. <laughs> Any place that deserves your shit. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying our work is shitty. No, but. Well, no, it's not. It's how do
1: you process letting go? Do you cut people out? Do you try and just forget about it? Mm. Or do you just stuff it like me? And then it just I think goes away. It
0: depends. Sometimes I stuff it and I hope it goes away. I'm going to be straight up with you. When I dig it back up, it's still there Um, okay. for when I stuff it. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that somebody has done to me, it takes a long time for me to let go. And kind of like you said, how it gets kind of the thing that they did to you gets blurrier as time goes on. It's, to me it's less about it being blurrier and more like we're piling on their better intentions and yeah we're like piling better intentions and better memories onto what they did to me so that it's so far buried below <laughs> i guess we'll turned out more but it's so like buried underneath all of those good memories and also the effort that they put to like make things right that I can forget it because they've shown me through their actions that they don't ever want to make me feel that way again. And sometimes if they don't have the intention to make things right, if they don't have the intention to help fix the relationship and put in the work, then yeah, it's a, it's like, okay, I have to, no better for myself. This person is never going to change. They're never going to apologize. They're never going to feel like what they did was actually hurtful or wrong. So instead of spending energy on them, I have to just let them go. And by getting them out of my life, out of, out of sight, out of mind type of thing, it's like they no longer affect me.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes the, The thing that happened will like come to mind and I'll think about that person and I'm like, Oh, I lost that person. And then I get reminded of what happened and I'm like, Oh, well, that's why. Yeah. And then it's done and over with. Mm -hmm. It's like, boom, gone because it's like cause and effect. So as long as it's one of those two things with like a person who's wronged me or like hurt me in, in a certain way, then I can let it go, but it's. It's always going to be there. It's just, like you said, going to mm-hmm. get a little blurrier or it's going to get covered up a little bit more. Yeah. But it's always just going to be there just in case. And you bring it back <laughs> to bring it back and be like, hey, remember when you said you would never do this again? Yeah. Mm, you did it again. Strike two, bitch. Mm-hmm. I only have two strikes because they're actually matches and not <laughs> and not a baseball reference. <laughs> All I need is two strikes to start a fire. Yeah. Um, and then for myself, letting go of things like mistakes or things that I, I feel like for my past, my issues with myself are always, they always stem from how was I perceived? And was I perceived in a way that was like people didn't respect me, which is like a weird way to like, I want to be respected. It's like, I don't, I don't think respect is actually the word that I'm looking for, but that's the word that's coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and so like if something happened and I, I guess I felt dumb, like I felt like something that happened to me in the past made me look dumb or feel dumb. Those are the things that I dwell on, which is, it's like everybody does dumb things, but I have such little grace for myself for looking dumb or saying something dumb or making a dumb choice that I will just like dwell on that. And then I'll think about like what that looked like to other people, like them seeing me make that choice. Like in theater, when everything was going on with me and Mark, I was like, I bet you people are looking at me and thinking, wow, she's so fucking dumb for making the choice that she made and whether that's true or not and people like didn't really give a shit cuz or whatever to me i was like i look super dumb to these people right now and i don't like that so i like will dwell on that aspect of it yeah and i'm like oh my gosh i was so i made decisions that like i would never make now but at the same time they got me to a place that i am now and if i hadn't made those dumb decisions then i wouldn't be where i am so yeah it's all about like, how was I
3: perceived? Did I look?
0: I keep saying dumb, but dumb is not the word either. It's like, it's not respect and it's not dumb, but it's along those lines. But it's just, I, now I look at it and I'm like, learning moments you're where you're supposed to be because of these mistakes. But yeah. Oh, I guess like a good example is um, like a past job calling me and being like, oh, you're going to be on probation because you called out sick and feeling so disrespected because that was the first time I had ever called out sick. And they were, and I understand that they had like a busy day that day. And I had, tried to call managers earlier, like two, two hours before my shift actually started, but my shift started at seven in the morning and nobody was answering their phone at five in the morning. And so, and then they didn't have a voicemail for me to leave anything. And then didn't you try to call the night before? And I did try to well. call the night before and nobody answered. And so I like put in the effort to call out. I never called out prior to this. And so then they like, because that manager on duty that day, had like, um, a bad morning because I didn't come in. They, I felt like I was being retaliated against. And that was a moment where it's like, I felt disrespected. I felt like I put in a lot of effort at that job and not that I like deserved more than other people. I don't think that's like what I needed, but I just felt like I deserved to be treated better than the way that they treated me when I was being like, technically kind of let go because they're like, you're on probation. And I was like that. I felt so disrespected. I went in and I put my two weeks that day. I was like, you can't even let me call out sick once in my entire life. And I had like tried calling two hours before the night before nobody answers. And also you don't provide us with an email even. And you don't give us numbers of other people that we can try and get coverage for because you like. So like, what were my options in that moment? I was like, I was throwing up the night before. I'm not going to come in. So it was like all of those things together. And then they decided to call me and be like, you're on probation and leave me a voicemail. I call them back and I'm like, explain this more. And they're like, well, some people feel like because you moved from being on this station to this station that you're not as helpful as you used to be. And I was like, I'm new to this station. You, if that was the case, why had nobody talked to me about this before? Why is the day that I call out sick, the day that you decide to give me this information? Don't you think if you're a good manager, you would pull me aside and be like, hey, we feel like this is like you need help or like you're not as helpful. And I'd be like, okay, well, what do you mean helpful? Because I'm on a completely new station. Who am I supposed to help? Then they can like tell me, oh, well, we need your help here. And so you need to go faster. And I'll be like, well, I can't move any faster. So Put me fucking back on the other station if that's what you need from me. But it's like all of the they all of that information came out because of me calling out. And it was like, had you just told me in advance any of this stuff, give me given me a warning or given me like a a heads up prior to that call, I wouldn't have reacted and given my two weeks like that. Like I would have gone to the doctor and given you a doctor's note. But instead I felt Like you, this job didn't have my back. They didn't follow any protocol for like how you're actually supposed to put somebody on probation. And so I was like, I'm done. And so that was obviously a learning moment for me because I was like, workplaces are never going to have your back. And then also I just became like very scared to call out sick places. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got like to my next job and they were like so graceful and like gracious with getting time that you needed that I was like oh this is how people are supposed to be treated at a workspace um so it was like so different and but it was just like one of those things like I felt disrespected and I felt I guess caught off guard too and I felt dumb because I was like people had now you're telling me that people were talking behind my back saying that I'm not doing a good job when all I'm doing is trying and that's like the worst part is like you're trying your hardest and. People are talking shit about you. Yeah. So I think that's where me not letting go. I've let go of that situation. I talk very angry about it, but that's because I dislike the way that they treat people. And I assume that they probably treated people like that besides me.
1: Yeah. And and I remember even in that situation, you didn't hear anything about it because I do remember the schedules would be posted because I worked there as well. (laughs) I've gotten her two jobs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I remember, I think you'd asked me to send you the schedule and I did and you were off of it. And you said, why am I completely off the schedule? And then you asked me if like the manager was working. I said, yes. And I think that would, so it was one of those where you still had to seek out, why am I suddenly off the schedule for them to tell you, oh, you're on probation? Yeah. And that in itself is also ridiculous like how how do you not inform someone about their job status yeah and they are the ones that have to come
0: to you yeah and then also prior to that when we would have our evaluations I was told like oh you are excelling in this and excelling in this and so I felt like my downfall at that job came when I switched from one station to another station. And I just like what I'm going to be truthful. Like I wasn't as good at, at it as I was at the other station because I just don't have chopping skills. It's mm-hmm. just straight up. Like I'm good at making salsa. I'm not good at chopping up <laughs> onions. And I am not shitting you the amount of things that they wanted us to cut up every single day. I was like, how the fuck do we not all have carpal tunnel? And in the past I had been really helpful in my last s- station because I was so good at it and had done it for so long mm-hmm. that I could take time to step away and help somebody else because I knew that I had the ability to come back to what I was doing and finish it on time. Mm-hmm. At this news station, I was like, I do not have time to do anything but what I am doing right now. Yeah, And so then I would also, it's it just like the biggest issue was if they had just told me in, like prior to that moment that I was going on probation, that I wasn't doing a good job, then I would have understood what like why it I had such a bigger reaction that I call out sick, and I would understand that, oh, I wasn't doing a good job and I wasn't meeting their expectations, and so that's why, but I had never gotten a warning from that job in my mm-hmm. entire time that I was there. I had never had somebody on my team come up to me and be like, oh, like you're not doing a good job. And something that this manager who told me that I was on probation, like this is the thing that stuck with me the most was, um, that he said, um, you're not as nice to people anymore. And they're noticing. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not nice. If that's the case, why has nobody asked me why I'm not as nice as I used to be? Maybe I'm going through something. Yeah. I can't remember if I was. I probably was, to be honest with you. And so, and the thing is, I was never mean to anybody. No. I was just quiet. It Honestly, I, what was happening in
1: that store, there was like an air of, because I remember I was questioned a lot about people that had been working there for a while because you you had already been working there for what, a few years no I was only there for a year okay in total. so yeah
0: you had been there already you for were probably a couple months yeah
1: you you were definitely someone that because I know people that they also had gotten rid of had been there like two three years yeah plus. so I was
0: there for when you got hired probably for like six to eight months mm-hmm. because I left like shortly after you yeah.
1: joined and something that they were asking a lot about was how people's attitudes were or how do you feel asking, like, someone who's been here a while for some help or direction or anything. And I remember they would ask it very, like, you know, they were trying to say, this is a safe space. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell us and da-da-da. And I I never got questioned about you. I think because they knew we were friends Mm -hmm. and because they, like – you it was known that you got me hired because whoever if you did bring in new people you like got a bonus yeah so these were it wasn't like a secret but I did get questioned about other people and it was about like their attitude of like if they're nice or something yeah and I remember asking them well what does it have to do with their skills for the job though I'm like, I, I know, I don't hear them be rude to customers. I'm not saying they're the most approachable, like, for me to ask questions about, but there are plenty of other people that are, and and the reason some of them, like, to me didn't seem approachable was just because I didn't spend a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people that had been there a while were more back-of-the-house uh, people, mm-hmm. whereas I spent most of my time in the front, so it- Obviously, you're not going to really have that much time to talk during your shift because it was always fucking busy. Oh, my God. So there was a store. In the yeah. World. So it was it was one of those where that situation could have been anywhere. It's like you're, yeah. you're someone who you don't spend a lot of time with. You're not going to act like feel the most comfortable going to questions. Yeah. With. So why they were asking these things and why they were choosing those reasons to get rid of people.
0: Yeah. To me, I like <laughs> I've had to l- create these characteristics of the person. Cuz I guess a part of my um process of letting go was realize is realizing that whoever was in that situation with me is a human and that they have feelings and that I don't know what they were going through either. So I got to take the sock off of me. <laughs> okay, socks are off. I feel free. Um <laughs> So part of my I guess my process of letting go was in that situation I was not told or given warning that mm-hmm. this was going to happen. And so I have to think, why was that person so angry that they felt like they needed to take it out on me? What are, were they going through in that moment that they needed some sort of, I don't know, some somebody to pin it on for like why they were feeling the way they were? And so I like think about the environment that that workplace was. And I, I always say to everyone, like, this was the worst job I've ever had.
3: Mm-hmm. And I don't
0: want to say the job because just in case they ever sponsor us, I am going to take <laughs> their money. <laughs> Please. Do. I mean, I think you can kind of gather evidence of like what we were doing mm-hmm. by what we're saying, but I'm not going to say their name. No. So anyways, I always tell people that this was the worst job I ever had. And I stand by it to this day because the culture that they were trying to make was so cult-like they Mm -hmm. would make us memorize sayings of like what it is to be this is the definition of a blank I don't want to say it because then you're going to know exactly where the Mm -hmm. job was this is the definition of a blank and they would make us memorize what that definition of a blank was word for word Mm -hmm. and you would have to say it and they would pull us aside and be like oh it's your turn. your turn to have one of these things and then they would like have us recite it and if we didn't know it then we would get like a markdown or something. And if we didn't know all of the recipes by heart, we would oh, have a yeah. markdown. Oh, and so yeah. whenever I had those, I'm a fucking theater major, I knew everything. And also, like I said, I was really good at my job up into until the point that I moved to the different station. And so I was like this culture is very Toxic. We had just lost our general manager for unknown reasons.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I was like, one day she was there. The next, I was like, she's no longer our boss. And we have this other person who is very young. And I'm not trying to knock young people, but this person came off very young too. Like not only were they young in age, but they felt like they didn't have... The right training or the right empathy that you need to ha- be a general manager. Um, and that might just be me like putting that out, but they just felt <laughs> like they would gossip with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time when I was like in the kitchen, she went up to like one of the guys, and the guy was like, Hey, who do you think is the prettiest person you've ever hired? Like, and then while we're, um, Like, sitting there, she's like, oh, I think it was, I forgot her name. I'm just going to say Alice. Like, oh, I think Alice because she has the best eyebrows. And Alice was, like, right there and I was right there. And we were the only other two girls in there. And it felt very pointed.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me about
2: this.
0: And I was like, like, I I don't expect anyone to ever be like, yeah, she's the prettiest person that's ever been hired. Like, I'm not, I'm never going to expect that. But it was just odd that that was, like, even brought up. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, she really is pretty. I was like, you're so pretty, Alice, like going along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, But she would like do stuff like that or she would like gossip about what was going on. And I was like, as a general manager, I'm sorry, but you can't do that. You have to have some level of difference yes, with your, your workers. Yeah, you have to have professionalism. And I just felt like she didn't, mm-hmm. which is why I also was like, it makes sense this reasons why Mm -hmm. this like why I was let go I say let go because like I put my two weeks but I was like I probation pretty much just means like this is your two weeks before we have your check and we're gonna fucking let you go. So that's just I used to be a manager for a different place and I was like that was our scheme. (laughs) Um but yeah, it just that was happening our um district manager was like constantly coming in and like checking on the store cuz i think we didn't have very good customers scores the the reason why it was also so messy
1: was because our district manager so our district manager did well in keeping the professionalism and i feel like he also did well in like, I don't know if he truly cared about us, but at least there was definitely no, like, gossipy anything. Mm-hmm. And and there was, there was definitely no, like, weird questions he would ask. It was just more like he would come in and observe. But I would notice he would come in and observe her because she had been, I think, promoted by him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she had worked under him for years. So that was also what was messy about it where... Obviously, he knew things about her that we didn't, that he was like, I think this she can do this job like this will be good for her. And I just think it was too soon.
0: It was too soon. We were too big of a store. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of people. And also the person that they um, promoted to kitchen manager also wasn't ready.
1: Oh, that person was very young as Like,
0: and so the drama behind that, too, was my cousin used to work there and was being told that they were going to be promoted to kitchen manager. And he's like a phenomenal worker. He was the one who got me hired. And um he, as he was trying to get promoted, every single time he would have a meeting with the district manager about like what the next steps were, he kept being told he wasn't ready. And I'm telling you, he was like 10 times readier than the person that they ended up promoting. And I remember when I told him who they promoted, He was like, Are you kidding me? After all I did to like try, Mm -hmm. like bleed, like I bled myself for them. Like I did everything I could for them and they would not give me that position. It, he was like, I felt like it was, um, like not nepotism, but, um, favoritism.
1: Oh, it definitely was.
0: People got promoted because of favoritism. And whenever that happens, you don't breed good professional workplace you just create a toxic like popular mm-hmm. i'm the popular crew so i get to do whatever i want and then yeah. it lends to bullying and the last i heard about the place was that she the general manager ended up getting fired or moved to a different store and or
2: demoted,
0: demoted or something like that and everybody who was there ended up being like you know kind of cycled cycled out, out. And I was like, "Well, I'm not saying that I was the first sign that that was going to happen, but mm-hmm. it, it just- was. <laughs> it was just, it was like it was going
1: to happen because there. I mean, I've heard the the most that like the night crew definitely had it easier because they didn't deal with management mm-hmm. in in the in the mornings like we did, but." I cuz from what I'd heard it's like evening people I never heard while we were there of them getting like cycled out like the way you did. Mm-hmm. So I I think I I haven't gone there in a long time but I think if they kept certain core people um they maybe could have started another good team. But I just remember there was one supervisor that I really liked
0: and I'm pretty, pretty sure... the name start with an A?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: pretty sure... Yeah. I think he was great. And yeah. And he
1: was the only one that was and truly... And he moved right
0: before I left, I believe.
1: Yeah. He was the only one that was truly helpful. And he just, like, knew the right balance of, like, being patient enough, but helping you out and being professional.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, still being fun. Like, you can mm-hmm. be fun and professional. Oh,
1: he was so fun.
0: And instead, like... <laughs> The people that I worked with a lot were like, like I said, they had like that mean popular group mentality Mm -hmm. where it's like they all kind of congregated. And if you weren't in their sphere, then you just weren't protected. Mm -hmm. And so if one of them decided they didn't like you, then they all didn't like you. And I just kind of sadly fell into the they didn't like me because I was probably going through some shit Mm -hmm. and I was quiet instead of my old cheerful self. Mm -hmm. Because I when I got there, like I was very outgoing. And then like as tougher things happen, like I just my thing is I don't try to push my feelings onto anyone or like make somebody feel bad. I just get like really quiet. And I don't talk. I think you also don't like to bring your personal things into work. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that like hurt me in that situation was that like I was going through something or like I was struggling. And instead of somebody reaching out to help me, they like pushed me down more.
1: Yeah. And the thing was, even if you weren't going through something, or like struggling, you were starting a completely just in your personal life, like a relationship in general. And even if it's a it's it's a positive relationship, that's still a big change in your life that is going to inadvertently affect work. But not affect work where, like, it's going to mess everything up. It's more like you're going to change no matter what as a person, and that includes where you work. Mm-hmm. It's like you're per- even if your personality shifts but your work ethic doesn't, why isn't grace given for that? Because everybody's yeah. going to have major changes in their
0: lives at yeah. every time. And that's that's what I, like, dwelled on for the longest time was why was I not given grace
3: mm-hmm.
0: in that moment? and I think I needed that because one, it pushed me out of that job that I, I truly did hate that job for five months that I was there and I really wanted to leave and I didn't have the energy or the ability to leave it myself. Mm -hmm. Like I just wasn't in a place where I was like capable of looking for another job because I just was emotionally and physically tired from all the other things I had to do outside of work. And then when you hate your job, it also bleeds into not having the energy to like look for another job outside of it because you're just like, as soon as I got home, I wasn't like, I need to find another job. I was like, I need to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful that I did end up being pushed out the way I was because I would have never gotten the next job I got, which was amazing. One of the best jobs The best people I've like worked with, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say ever because Vanessa is a very great person to work (laughs) with right now. And I do love the team that I work with currently. Like it's a really great job. Um, There's just a different camaraderie that you get Mm -hmm. when you work in customer service. Yeah. So, (laughs) and we don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's an office job. This was like a, we're trauma together, but we're traumaing as a team. Trauma bonded. We're trauma bonded. Those are the types of teams where it's like we had each other's back and it was, I didn't have that in my last job. Yeah. And so I was like so grateful for that. And so that like helped me let go of like the feelings that I, I, that came up during that. Cause during that, like, I guess really, really diving deeper, deeper, I'm <laughs> going farther in. <laughs> Let's really get there. This is my fucking therapy. What. The main thing was about that situation was that it made me feel unskilled. It made me feel like I was not good enough. It made me feel like I, um, was hated and all of those things when like you really think about it. Like that's why I dwelled on that for so long Mm -hmm. because those were all the feelings that it brought up in me. And then it reminded me of like I brought up in the mid, I'm choking on my own spit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I brought up in the beginning of this that I used to have a volleyball coach that was very positive. Mm-hmm. And then I went to one that was like, very much, you're doing shitty, do better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't do better if you think I'm already shitty. Yeah. Like now I believe I'm shitty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I brought up that feeling. It's like, and so I went from being a starter on junior varsity and my freshman year, I was junior varsity and for playoffs, they moved up three girls, me and two other girls from junior varsity to varsity. So I was riding high before I went into my um sophomore year because I was like, I'm only a freshman and they're moving me up to varsity before the season's even over. And then by the time, and then I went to, um, to uh, club volleyball, where I had another coach who was also positive reinforcement and made me feel confident and capable in my abilities, and I was like thriving on that team too. And then by the time I like got back to school and we, I was in my sophomore year, I had this new coach, and she made me feel. I mean, I know this wasn't her intention, but the way that she coached, it made me feel like I was not good enough, or worthy enough, or skilled enough to do to play volleyball and so I would doubt myself I'd get on the court and I'd be like scared and I had never felt that before because my past coaches had like built me up and so me going through that stuff with the other job and them like letting me go because like, oh, well, you're not nice anymore. People keep saying that you're not as nice as you used to be, which I was like, I think about that all the time. I'm like, I think fuck those, you. <laughs>
1: those are definitely lies. Like, those had to be.
0: I who mean, who was knows? It? He was saying it because I didn't come in that day and he struggled. I'm telling you, it felt like retaliation. But anyways, that, that like brought back up the not good enough in volleyball. And I guess it all boils down to Am I good enough? <laughs> <laughs> there it is, everyone. Welcome to therapy. <laughs> epiphany. Epiphany time. We should have like a little sound that's like, epiphany, epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> she had an epiphany. There it is. <laughs> Ding. Ba, ba, ba. There it is. I just have to feel good enough. Do <laughs> you... So is this
1: epiphany like you don't feel good enough in anything in your life? Mm-hmm, no. Or you have to, or is this one of those where, let's say anything new, like even even when you got this job you have now, like when you first started and everything, is it where you are going into it thinking, I don't know if like I'm going to do good at this or I don't know if I'm good enough for this. And then as you're being told positive reinforcement, you're like, oh yeah, I, I'm excellent.
0: Yes and no. I feel like I, it's like deeper than that. In my job, I've learned that I don't need to be good enough. I just need to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And that's because of my past. And I know that I'm good at my job because obviously Peter has told me multiple Mm -hmm. times. And also because I feel it. Like I know that I'm doing the correct things. There's very rarely do I say soap instead of, I mean, soup instead of soap now. (laughs) Um, like it's when I do make a mistake, I know how to own up to it now. I know how to be like, I made this mistake and I'm sorry and I'm going to fix it. And so those are like the qualities that I know come with being a good worker. So it's not necessarily about like, am I good enough at work? Am I good enough at having a podcast? Am I, it dwells more in like, am I good enough just to have the things that I have? Am I, I don't know, just like, am I, hmm. oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. It's too deep. (laughs) We dug too deep. (laughs) Am I going to be the first to cry on this podcast? It's not going to be me. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) I could have told you that. No, yeah. I cry a lot. For fun. <laughs> Do you ever just think about the saddest things in your life and just cry for fun? And then make jokes about it? I don't even want to say what I was trying to say. <laughs> so let's move past it. <laughs> this is why I'm grateful we didn't set up our video yet. <laughs> I talked too deep. I was supposed to talk deep, deep with the therapist. What?
3: I'm having the epiphany, it's too hard (laughs) It's too much I was supposed to have this epiphany
0: (laughs) I just gotta breathe (laughs) You just gotta breathe While you
1: breathe, I can talk
0: Okay (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll tell
1: you this I... I always feel, I always walk into anything new with overwhelming feelings of self-doubt. I, like for instance, when I started working at this job, I, my first week, I pretty much cried every day. And, and granted, like, thankfully you trained me that like my entire time that I was there. So I knew no matter what I was gonna excel because you were great at the job and you were training me. So I knew I was I was already starting off like really high. But you know, it's still a new job and you were getting so many things thrown at you your first couple months, just so you can even just see like everything that eventually you're gonna learn. It doesn't mean you learn it right away. But does my brain understand that? No. It Mm -hmm. thinks you haven't learned it on the first day. You are a wreck. You're already going to fail. And I started questioning, oh, my God, I think I made a mistake. And I can't make a mistake because Jasmine recommended me and pretty much, like, fed for me to get this
0: job. Like, conspired almost. Listen, it wasn't a conspiracy. (laughs) Like I told you before, I didn't give him any extra information. I was like, this is the resume. This is a person I recommend because I know that they're a good worker because I've worked with them before, which is not a lie.
1: It wasn't a lie.
0: And it just, you took it from there. Like I said, you earned the job. I just put your name in the hat.
1: Yeah. And And that, and even like sometimes now it's still like, it's difficult to believe because I didn't. I wasn't confident in anything that I was doing and granted now, thankfully I can do all of it in my sleep, but, and I remember part of this job, like we were able to do a writing group in it and you and I would have dinners like weekly because Mm -hmm. we had to meet up. And I remember one of those dinners we were talking about. We're finally working in theater. Like, that's what we wanted. It's what we studied. It might not be like how we originally pictured it, but it's still we're in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I told you, I don't love it as much as I, I thought or mm-hmm. as much as I did. And, and you know, it's funny. I was also talking about this with another coworker. It was Eddie. And I... I was, was more so.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's
1: like us female. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's the male version. <laughs> and basically, I told him, I, my passion has always been literature and words. And I always thought I would study English. And that was my goal with like either doubling in something else or finding like a minor. And then I found theater and it gave me something that I never expected and it was almost something where like I was walking and theater kind of tripped and like fell in, in front of my path a little meat cute yeah and it theater is the first thing that gave me a lot of confidence like performing in front of people and everything so I I almost had like love goggles like I was blinded like i thought this is like what i'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. like when you think you've found you're really in love and you're not you're maybe in in lust or something Mm
0: -hmm. you got love bombed by theater yeah and then when i started
1: working in it i was like oh yeah i should have gone with my first instinct i still i still love it and i do love working in it it's just a different kind of one Mm and. I still have a lot of doubt of how I do the job and if I'm even doing it. Because truthfully right now, I'm not even doing it for like the love of it or anything. I'm doing it because I need money. It's money.
0: Girl, I am doing (laughs) it because I love to work.
1: (laughs) So I like when I had my check in and Peter was like, so, you know, what do you like, you know, the questions he asked. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm sure one of them was something about, like, you know, how have you bettered or like, what do you think? I truthfully wanted to ask, I don't care if I've bettered shit. I've, I care if I can get more money and I will do more work for it, but that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can't say that. And Peter, please never listen, but I mean, you could listen after.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't need my boss to know me like this. <laughs> um, but that's, that's like still
1: like something sometimes things I think about, especially the nature that the company's going through. I have sometimes felt I've been saved, but do I deserve it as much as the people that
0: love theater more than me so you're you're dealing with a type of survivor's guilt mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing, yeah. But it's it's
1: not just survivor's guilt. It's also, and and it might not even be in the same realm. But it's also, I sometimes I not sometimes I often feel like I'm wasting away behind in that office.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it's not the location. It's it's literally time. Yeah, time slipping away. I and thankfully. Or this might not be a good thing. I know you always say you're lucky. I have a window. I when it's raining and stuff, I do feel lucky. But the downfall of it is I can literally see time and life outside, and it's just flying. And I'm reminded of it every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And all I'm thinking is there has I have to be able doing more. Not for the job, for yeah. Me.
0: But what is the more? That you want to do. I want. To live. My life more.
1: I. Right. I think right now. If I were to drop dead. Most of my. Life flashing would be filled with. Work.
0: I don't think it would be. I truly don't believe that it would be. I think you're. Purposely forgetting all of the things that. You've done in your life and enjoyed in your life and I think it would be filled with a lot of random dancing by my car in a theater parking lot. I think it would be filled with a lot of you and Mario spending camping trips together. I think it'd be filled with you and your family just hanging out and laughing while trying to put a puzzle together. I think it'd be filled with little moments that we take for granted just as human beings because that's what we do. Your life is not you sitting by a window at work. As m- much as like, that's a good portion of it. That's not your life. That's you supplementing your life so that you can pay for things outside of that. And all
2: my clothes,
0: all your clothes. <laughs> I think your life flashing before your eyes would actually amaze you. I think I'm going through an existential crisis. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Because we continue to talk about like living in the moment. And when I read the, um like, what does it mean to live in the moment, part of it was not waiting for the future. That's such a huge thing. We're always waiting for something else to happen. And in the past episode, we talked about not waiting for life to happen to us or not waiting for the perfect moment to do something, to just like take action and do it ourselves. And I think Maybe you just need not motivation, but just force yourself to take action because life is happening all around you and life is happening to you and I think you can be a part of it and I think you are a part of it a lot, but I think you have more highs than you think you do. When we do our highs and lows, I don't know if you noticed, but the last two times you've had way more lows than you've had highs which is fine because that's just like the flux and flow of living life. And sometimes that happens, but I think you have more highs than you think you do. Mm -hmm. And your life is not passing you by in a window. (laughs) Look at us talking on a podcast, making life happen, dwelling in the past, (laughs) making ourselves cry, (laughs) trying to let go, trying to let go.
1: Yeah, maybe I do.
0: And I know it's tough. I'm, it's tough to change your perception of, of life. And sometimes I too feel like life has passed me by and I don't have a window to look out of. So I feel like I'm stuck trapped in a box that has no windows, no doors, and I can't see. And when I go outside, I'm like, this is what the sun looks like. And this is what, oh, is actually sunnier than it was when I first got in, I thought it was still cloudy. Like that's my thoughts. Like I have no idea what it looks like outside until I go on my lunch break and I like force myself to sit outside and like feel the sun or feel the cold air depending on what the weather is. And it's, it's like tough to know that I'm doing something that isn't something that I want to do, but I have to do. But at the same time, I'm like, if I wasn't doing this, What would I be doing? And how would I be using that time? Because what would you do if you weren't working? And you had unlimited money. Unlimited money? Unlimited money.
1: I'd be traveling. Okay. And honestly, I don't know if I'd do it with Mario or by myself. Because if Mario can't, I'm still going to go.
0: So... Maybe a goal this summer that you can have is go on a solo trip somewhere on your own in the country because your passport has expired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is a big one.
0: <laughs> and see, does it live up to your expectations?
1: I've never had an expired passport in my life. I've met friends that are like, oh, I don't have a passport. And I'm like, what? Are you even living? What do you mean? I've had one since I was 10. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a big one for me.
0: Yeah. Because life is always going to be passing by, no matter what you're doing. I think think passing by us right now, right? Because I never used to feel like this.
1: And I mean, I hated. I will. And you and I have said this. I will never go back to customer service if I lose this job. So I hated doing the customer service portion of it. But I, I liked other people that I worked with. But I never, I still never like felt like this. And it's so funny. I was thinking about this this morning because I was obviously, I was like, oh, I know we're going to record today, but I have been feeling like this pretty much since everything with my family went down. And I know last time we also talked about that. I realized I've lost three years and I'm never getting that back.
2: Mm
1: and. Ever since then, I've I've noticed I've been putting spending time with my family, whether it's certain individuals or like everyone as a whole. Actually, I don't like hanging out with everyone as a whole. They fucking annoy me. Oh, my God, I can't. Individuals. And I've noticed that I've prioritized that a lot more. And when I'm not spending time with them, I'm starting to feel really guilty. Uh, like Fridays, I've now kind of designated to like trying to have breakfast with my mom. My sister's on break now. So like the three of us, when she's not, it's usually just been my mom and I. And sometimes if I have like something planned or I have like a doctor's appointment, I start to feel guilty that it because it feels like I'm wasting the time that I could be using to build Something like yeah. it's it feels more than memories. Do with you them. feel like you're
0: trying to make up time with them, like trying to make up the missed experiences I, that you think you should have had?
1: I feel it. What it feels like is something is slipping away from me, and it's it doesn't feel like time is slipping away. It feels like the actual family dynamic i always had and i think i i've known for a long time my parents could try and make it work for you know however long they want to try but i i i've always known like when you talked about earlier like super deep i've always known deep down that it's not going to work out and it's only a matter of time until like this family dynamic that I've had my entire life goes away. Mm-hmm. And I, I want my parents to separate. I think it's the best thing for all of us. Or you're dreading it. But I'm dreading it. And I, I feel like little by little, I'm mourning it. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit, like, tr- like half a split second every day. And that's where the guilt comes in of like, I need to try and like spend as much time with like these people while we still have this because it's never going to be the same. And that's what it feels like. I feel like that's what reinforces like me just like being at work when I'm like, maybe I could, I could technically be doing this at home, spending time with them or something. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's what's slipping away. It's, it's the, family that really tried to stick together but it's it's just not going to in the long run and mm-hmm. we're just prolonging it for all of us yeah no there's nothing really that should be done it really should be broken but i am trying to absorb of, as much as i can of it mm-hmm.
0: and do you think you're trying to absorb as much as you can because you didn't in those three years?
1: Yeah, because I I didn't... I didn't... <laughs> There's a cat meowing. Um, I, I really didn't know what was going to happen in the beginning when everything mm-hmm. came out. I didn't know what was going to happen a, a year after. It wasn't until like almost two years in that I was like, Oh, this is not this is not gonna be fixed. Everyone is just kind of taping it, but the tape keeps getting like wet mm-hmm. from like the injury that keeps opening like the band aid and the stickiness is is like it keeps coming off mm-hmm. but people keep trying to like keep covering it and
0: can't cover it anymore
1: No the stickiness is not really sticking anymore. It's kind of just like placed mm-hmm. and that's pretty much like when. When I started, like, really working at the hospital, because I had a mid-shift, which is – it it's, like, good for people who like to sleep in and they like to go out late because you were – I was still getting off, like, pretty early. But for someone who doesn't do that, it was a terrible shift. Yeah. Um. The only positive – I hate 11
0: to 7. I feel like I'm losing You lose <laughs> my day. day.
1: The only positive is you get to sleep in, but you're still going to hit traffic going in, so mm-hmm. you technically still have to leave – Way before. Yeah. And the other thing is at night, maybe you have missed maybe a a good chunk of the traffic. Yeah. But it's like you've missed the whole day. And it just, that was like when I barely started feeling it. And then I got this job and it got better. And then it got better because I had the distraction of learning the new job. And it worked for obviously like months. And then once I got the hang of it, then it was like
0: back to being mundane. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I said to my mom once that I think that the reason why time feels like it moves so much faster as we get older is because we don't learn as much as we did when we were growing up, because we know most of what we need to know at this point. And so I think if we we try to be curious again, try to learn random things that we don't know how to do or try to like learn how to do something that we never thought we would learn how to do it would help slow down time and also remind us that like there is more to life than just the everyday mundane things that you do and work is so mundane it really is but today something that helped me was Gus Jafferton and Local Natives both came out with albums. Mm -hmm. And I listened to them the entire time and I was like, this feels productive because now I'm learning the lyrics to the songs. And I don't know. I just, I know that I'm never going to be able to escape work. That's just not what life has in store for me. Mm -mm. And so I just have to frame my mindset around it a little differently. You might be able to escape work one day. Yeah. <laughs> you have a husband who might be able to do that for you. Yeah. So now it's just begging the question. If you don't have this job, how are you going to live life? And how is this job really inhibiting you from living it? Or are you putting that, those barriers on yourself?
1: Yeah. Cause it's, it, I never feel like it's inhibiting. Um I think it's it's never been about working it's more about I wish and this is the closest job I've ever had to that um not being my own boss but I think it's always the only parts where sometimes any job feels inhibiting is, you know, when you have to ask for permission to, like, take time off mm-hmm. and live your life or, like, go and do things. And, and like I said, this is the closest job I've had to where, like, I know if I do ask, it's most likely always a yes. Mm-hmm. It's never a thing where I truly have to, like oh my God, I'm waiting for the response type of thing. It's more like, I'm letting you know, not asking.
3: Mm-hmm. This
1: is your only job that's felt like that. And I'm very grateful for it. But those are the only times where sometimes it's like, obviously, if I was my own boss, I don't have to do that. I
0: yeah, I just do it. I mean, there's pros and cons to being your own boss. Something that I've heard from people that do like have their own business or do... Do things that they, where they are their own boss is that they never stop working. Mm-hmm. They don't have that balance of I'm on the clock, I'm off the clock. They are constantly on the clock because they're their own boss mm-hmm. and they can take the, any time that they want and they can do whatever they want, but they're constantly thinking about what they have to do next so that they can continue to be their own boss. Mm-hmm. And so there's like, like I said, pros and cons to everything. Yeah. And I think you're striving towards becoming your own boss like you're getting there because you're writing your own book and whether this one takes off or not I think this is gonna be your your life like you're going to be an author whether it's this book that gets you the, like the money that you need to live off of it or if it's the next but either way I think that you're gonna that's gonna be what you do and that in turn is gonna be your own boss but the thing is, it's still going to be a job. Yeah. I do voiceover and I love voiceover. I did it because I enjoy doing voiceover. But now when I have to sit down and actually get it done, despite the fact that I enjoy doing it, it feels like a job.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It, I know that it's fun and better than the job that I have now because I this is what I'm striving to do. Mm-hmm. But it's still work. Yeah. And that's the shitty thing is that work is always going to be work. It's just, we got to change our, our frame of mind. Yeah. And like I said, if you drop dead right now, <laughs> your life would not just look like you sitting by a window at work. Because this, you haven't, you've only been here for a year according no, to. No, no, and it,
1: and it wouldn't. It wouldn't <laughs> according, according, yeah. according
0: to my check-in. According in. to your check-in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and no, and I don't mean like when I say work, I don't just mean like the one I have now. I mean like in general, like mm. all of them. And. I think, I think in my life, a good chunk of it, I, I wasn't raised to look at things negatively, but I was around a lot of negative thoughts and I was around a lot of negative language that that's just kind of like my first go-to. Mm-hmm. And I have always tried to get out of it and it'll work for like a month and then I'll get overwhelmed with other things that the like strength I had to keep me on the like positive thoughts breaks Mm -hmm. because I'm dealing with all the other things And, and the same cycle of just like focusing on the negative comes up until I either talk to someone about it or I'm writing and I usually if I've written for a while then I'll go back and read and I'm like oh I've written a lot of just shitty Things mm-hmm. and that'll like snap me out, but my like positive streak breaks a lot more, yeah.
0: Than I'd like because you need an outlet. It sounds like you need an outlet, whether that's writing or expressing it out loud mm-hmm. to realize it, yeah. So, thank god we have this podcast, <laughs> yeah. Thank You've god. got a weekly let that <laughs> shit out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and something sorry my cat's ear was just like twitching (laughs) Um, something that like it's so funny that you brought up Eddie earlier but he was talking about doing like this meditation thing where like Mm -hmm. you feel your body and you feel like where the stress is and you feel like where the pain is and you learn to let it go and blah 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 and it's true our bodies hold so much of our pain and so much of our stress if we don't let it out in a healthy way mm-hmm. if we whenever we talk about like storing traumatic things deep down and like covering it or burying it
3: mm-hmm. and when
0: we do that, it gets buried in our body yeah and so we're holding on to so much trauma and so much stress, and if we just set it out loud, we could set it free or at least start to set it free mm-hmm. so if, hold my hands. <laughs> I'm just <I> kidding. Can't. <laughs>
2: It's so far.
0: <laughs> let's let's set them free together. <laughs> okay, For this podcast, and maybe outside of this podcast too. Because yeah, I don't like going that deep. <laughs> we won't go that deep. Now I'm embarrassed, everyone, because I cried a little. Nope. No. Yeah, I feel better now, though. Yeah. There you go. I was just gonna say that I feel like I'm not good enough to be loved. Is so cliche, but it's true. Like, I'm not good enough or worthy enough to, I have to say it like this so I don't get emotional again. I can't be worthy enough (laughs) for people to actually love and care about me. I feel like the people I'm surrounded by are pretending to actually like me (laughs) when really they hate me (laughs) because I'm actually a piece of shit human. Anyways, that's what I was gonna say.
1: Okay, so you were gonna say lies? <laughs> it's not lies. It's how I feel. <laughs> it's how I feel, and I yeah, because the people it, around you deeply care. Uh, <laughs> tell me
0: more. I do really well with positive <laughs> reinforcement. <right now. laughs> no, I, I'm I'm one hundred percent like my. Um, love language is words of affirmation. Like, yeah, oh, one hundred percent. So yeah. obvious. Yeah. Um, tell me you love me. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> tell me this. Tell me. Say it with your words. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it with your actions. <laughs> Screw your actions. Just tell me. <laughs> Screw your actions. Give me all of the, all of <laughs> all the, the words. things. All the words. Give them to me. Tell me your compliments. All the handwritten letters. So if you talk shit about me on this podcast, just know I will. <laughs> you can guess what that means but we have been talking for two hours and 30 minutes oh ish a very very long time
1: oh my dad's gone
0: your dad went to mexico yeah i think they'll be good for the house
1: oh yeah i do too
0: i think it'll be good for him too yeah I hope yeah. he's going to that silent retreat that Eddie was talking about. <laughs> I think he'd have a nervous breakdown. To be honest, there would be people there to help him. <laughs> um, but but, yeah this this was a great one. This was I feel like one the loosest we've ever been during yeah. a podcast, which I think is only gonna you're only gonna see more of our personality as we do yeah. this more because we we're very stiff. The first one I listened to it and I was like, we well, are so stiff. This is <laughs> who are these people? We're talking like. We were whispering on a plane. <laughs> we're like, welcome to our podcast. Well, that, that was our style
1: for the first one.
0: And then the second we, one, like, we got a little looser, but we were still talking in, like, um, very relaxed speech. Like this. <laughs> a lot of vocal fry. And this one, I feel like we're more ourselves. Yeah, And so just be ready for the next one because we're going to talk a lot of shit. Way no, more. <laughs> we're going to talk way more. We're going to open up more. We're probably going to cry more. And by we, I mean me. Because oh, I'm not
1: looking forward to the day I cry.
0: It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm just excited for whatever that breakthrough is. Or we're just going to be crying about like some random ass puppy that yeah. was saved or something. Mm-hmm. I cry a lot about animals. I love <laughs> animals. But anyways, thank you for joining us on things I never said in therapy. <laughs> Never ever. <laughs> this was the most, <laughs> the closest thing to us really fitting into this. Yeah. This title. Mm-hmm. I think we chose a great title. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. This is such a good, we almost landed on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It's so good. You're not even ready. Our title almost was Chick Chums. <laughs> Chick Chums. <laughs> It was between Chick Chums, <laughs> Chick Chums, <laughs> Nostalgia, Nook, or Things I Never Said in Therapy. And just tell me.
1: Tell me we chose the right Tell one. me we chose
0: right. <laughs> vote. I'll put, I think I'm allowed to put surveys on Spotify <laughs> things. And I think we're putting a podcast on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> but you vote. Was Chick Chums the actual right choice? We'll see. But thank you for joining us for Things I Never Said in Therapy. Good night. Good night. We love you.